Hey everyone, this is Heather, and you're listening to Simply Healed with Heather Leonard. Today's episode is called Outlook. I want to get in a little bit on the glass half emptiers out there in the world today. So that's the topic, and I hope you stick around and hear what I have to say about it. Thanks for joining, guys. I'm actually really excited about this topic today for a whole bunch of reasons, but I'm going to start it out with my favorite quote, everybody. You know what it is. Um, I often butcher the name, but <laughs> and probably the quote as well, but that's how I roll authentically. <laughs> I believe it's Anais Nin. Um, and the quote being that, you know, we're not seeing things as they are, we're seeing them as we are. So when it comes to outlook, it's kind of at the crux of it all, right? So there's an, a, a cure, I think, to this eternal glass half empty type of person. And here it is. So have you ever looked back on an old photo and thought, oh, look how young and beautiful I was back then, or I was so skinny or so whatever, like you just look back and go, oh, like almost like you're longing for the days when that picture was the way things were, right? Um, so why not embrace that idea now? Like tomorrow could suck, <laughs> right? You might say today does, today sucks, but what if tomorrow is just like today, but your best friend dies? The next day you lose your job. The next day you lose your house. The next day your kids are angry with you. The next day your dog dies. Like these things happen on a much smaller scale regularly, but the stuff of life piles on and just leaves us longing for the yesterdays all the time the brighter days, the brighter times. Well, here's my big life-changing quote to that. I did, I've never heard this one out of anybody else, so I feel like it's my own personal, like maybe life's motto at this point, but <laughs> this is probably a quote that people have been saying since the dawn of time, but I've never heard it before, so here goes. Today is tomorrow's yesterday. Let that one sink in for a second. Hear that again. Today is tomorrow's yesterday. Today's the very day that you'll someday look back at and long for, right? So just stop and appreciate it. You know, these seasons, they come and they go. It's just, we're always living in that, like, looking back sense of, you know, longing for a better day. And today is that better day for tomorrow. <laughs> you know, this is that day. So I guess the big encouragement of this all is that, you know, if you're always looking at it like all this bad stuff's happening, I'm not saying, well, guess what? Tomorrow could be so much worse. I mean, I kind of am saying that, but truthfully, time will go by regardless. You know, the things that come with time are aging and um, yeah, this loss of this youthful body that can do anything you want it to do and look great. And, you know, a lot of that starts to sort of peter out anyway after you sort of peaked in life, so to speak. It's all kind of a downward slide. Um, but that, that sounds very depressing. It's not where I'm going with this. Just that in general, when time's going to keep going, it's not as though these situations are going to just somehow be perfectly beautifully remedied tomorrow. Um, a lot of things tend to, if anything, you know, stuff piles on and time goes by and, you know, other stuff gets added to it. So it can help with people who are always seeing the half empty glass to really see that actually today's really full and beautiful. Um, 
you know, because you could always look back at your life and say, oh, yeah, I've definitely done that before, where I looked back at something else and, oh, I would love to go back there. I remember being in high school and thinking, this is the worst. Like, I can't wait to be an adult and have my own place and my own ideas and be able to make my own decision and not have my mom always weighing in or my dad always telling me when to be home, you know, all that stuff. And now here, you know, as an adult, I look back so longingly on those old days of that innocent youth that did not know any better and thought that all the world's bad things happened to the very few and far between and that the likelihood of bad, big bad things happening to me was so unlikely, you know, and now everyone I know either has a parent with a major disease or disorder or have one themselves or have lost a sibling or parent, um, you know, a, a spouse or have had some big life tragedy of miscarriages or um, being fired from their jobs or losing their homes. Like people have these things every day, like people we know. And when I was a kid, I don't think I saw that. I think I just thought, yeah, those are the like weird few circumstances that might happen to a few people that you ever know in your life. And now it's like very unlikely that I have people in my life that haven't been through some type of major tragedy. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that I long for, that youthful freedom of not even being aware of just how challenging this life can be, for sure. But I also now keenly aware that today is going to be a day that someday, I have not a doubt in my mind, someday I'm going to look back at the right here and right now and say, oh, yeah, those were good days. Like, remember that when we didn't even know whatever was about to come or we didn't have the worry of whatever or, you know, I mean, geez. Like, and that's saying something for me because having just lost my husband and still have that attitude of thinking that today might be a day I long for at some point. It's not that my my future so dim looking that I'm thinking even this will look good. I just really do believe that, you know, when you look back over your life, you can like fondly, you can easily see the sparkling, shining little glimmers. That's what it is. Like when we look back, like even high school is a great example. It You sort of long for it because you think of the beautiful times. You don't highlight all the bad stuff usually. Like it's like, oh yeah, I remember that when my body, I could just do like, I could do cartwheels and flips and, you know, <laughs> go flying, uh, you know, kneeboarding and crash and get hit in the head and recover by afternoon. It was so beautiful. Like, I didn't even know. That's what I'm getting at. Not that like, oh, all of that drama and like fights with friends and boy things and whatever would be something I'd ever want to go through again. That's not it at all. It's the part, the, uh, the ease with which I look at the highlights now and go, oh my gosh, yeah, that was great. Remember that when you could just you know, you, you had a argument with your parents, you spend the night at your friend's house, you know what I mean? You stay up way late, eat a bunch of junk food, you don't put on a bunch of pounds because you just indulged in a bunch of garbage, you watch some horror movies and you go back on your way and everything's good again, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's the stuff, that's what I mean. Like, I have no doubt that, yeah, I'll still in my future be able to say, without a doubt, this is not a time that I would want to re-go through. Like, I would never want to have to go through this emotional, like, baggage again. But I know I'll be able to look back, you know, when I'm in my 70s or 80s and go, oh, yeah. Like, I had no idea how long of a road it would be to get here at that time. I was unaware of that. Or I was, 
you know, so unaware of the fact that I might not have my legs to be able to get around, or I might not be able to like, you know, have my mind straight and clear and remember my grandkids' names. Like just appreciate the good things now. That Whatever that gratitude list is, like for real, look at that because those are the things that could be fleeting and gone tomorrow. Um, and until you get to tomorrow, it's hard to appreciate today. So make a conscious effort to do it. You know, I do that all the time now. I really try to think of like, what is going so right? Because I know when I ask the question of like, can it get any worse? It always can. <laughs> Stop asking that question. Of course it can get worse. Of course it could. Like I have my two beautiful, healthy boys right now. And my dog is still living and, you know, able to get around without being in pain. And these are all things that I know aren't guarantees. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what tomorrow is going to hold or what things you might have to sell or if you have to move out of your town because the taxes go crazy or who knows, right? So instead of the worry about tomorrow, just appreciating the beauty of the gifts in today, oftentimes a lovely little love attraction will kick in and you'll be attracting more of the stuff to appreciate, right? Because you're spending your time in the present, appreciating it, being thankful for it, and therefore, what? being a magnet to draw more of that in. So it's such a beautiful thing, but our outlook can create a beautiful future and appreciate today. And (laughs) also it can give us the ability to look back at the past things and appreciate them for what they are and also not have that hinder today being just as beautiful, you know, because I mean, if you're looking back and longing for a different time when things were so much easier and so much better, you're missing the very fact that right now, today, is already that time for tomorrow. It's already that more beautiful, shiny day. The future you will look back at and wish that you had just appreciated it a little bit more. Don't be in such a rush. I'm always telling my kids this, like... I know that you can't wait to get to that next grade when you have these next privileges and later bedtimes and, you know, all those things. But boy, I just wish there was a way to just stick that in our kids' brains like glue. The fact that every single day and time period in our life is equally as important and special and actually has just as many beautiful things in it as the one previous. And again, like if I'm saying that and I know right now my biggest source of sparkle from my past is gone, but my right now here today actually is quite shiny still, you know, and even without that really bright shining light in it of my husband, there's still a lot of shining lights. It's just I'm not going to focus on the lack. I'm going to just focus on what is and what's really, really good, you know, and it's not fake. It's not being fake. Um, I'm not like, how do I even explain it? Because I am devastated. I mean, don't get this wrong. I'm devastated. But outlook is different. It's not about, um, you know, the emotional hurt and the holes that are within your heart. Um, Because they're there. Our scars are our scars, you know, and Yeah, I mean, scars are beautiful and they're what make us all different and um, help us grow. But it's not even about that. It's like the holes are there and the pain and the hurt and the devastation. It doesn't just poof go away and it's all there on me. It's a part of me. 
but my outlook is about how am I going to look like if I was going to give it the 50, you know, thousand foot overview or whatever, like if I was going to back way up and look at this from afar, then what is my, you know, where does my brain go? Outlook, right? Outlook. Let's just define that for just a second, because maybe we're not even speaking the same language here. So what's interesting is outlook is really somebody's point of view, um, you know, and how they approach life. What I found really interesting when I actually researched what the definition though of outlook was, it's defined as a noun. <laughs> well, that's interesting to me. Um, when I think of outlook, I don't know if I think of it as a noun. I mean, I think of a noun as a person, place, or thing. If my memory is serving me right, it's been a, a minute. Um, but boy, um, I almost would call it either a verb or an adjective, right? An action word or a descriptive word. But I'm not sure if I can see it as a person, place, or thing. <laughs> it is funny, right? But um, truth be told, I think outlook is just, it's like a personal characteristic. It's, um, you know, point of view. It's how, it's like who you are and what is sort of painted in your um, introspection or is that the word I'm looking for? Um, but like the way that you sort of like, we're both help, um, handed the same, let's say, um, troubles or the same difficulties in our lives. I feel like outlook has more to do with what each person's individual way of seeing something is given those sets of circumstances. That's how I think of it. Like, okay, we've both been dealt this. My outlook is my glass is half full because look what I still have left inside it. Your outlook might be the future is, you know, glim and, you know, or it's all headed down, um, because this bad circumstance happened and my glass is half has half of what it used to have in it. So that's kind of where how I look at it. Like I think two people could be handed the same circumstances, but your outlook is how you're going to see how those circumstances paint the rest of your life. And I choose not to think that just because I had total garbage happen to me in the last couple years that my future therefore is you know, just going to be a, a, you know, a figment and like a fog or a, you know, devastating situation. Um, it could, <laughs> sure. But my outlook is one of hope, faith, and just belief in that won't be the case. Um, you know, I was just remarking today within my um, program that I offer to people who are grieving, who want to sort of get to that next phase of healing. Um, so I do value posts on Fridays to sort of encourage and, and give perspective and outlook that is positive and explains how I am coming from it at the way that I am. And one of the things that I really wanted to talk about today with that group was how I allow possibility to run my life. Um, I look at that as inspiring potential and I don't look at it as, you know, garbage happened today, therefore garbage is my future. I just really try to take the stuff that happens to me 
and say, geez, I didn't see that coming. Like, <laughs> I never would have imagined that that crappy thing would have happened to me. So, hey, guess what? Tomorrow could hold a whole bunch of unexpected surprises too, and they might actually be fantastic. <laughs> so that's kind of my outlook, and it served me really well. I mean, sure, it it makes it so, you know, these... How do I explain it? Like the, as I said, the holes in the heart are still there. So it's like, um, so, but it's like an echo in the back of my mind always, you know, and it rears its head when I, you know, don't have my person with me on a Friday night tonight to go to a homecoming game that I would have loved to sit with them and have a conversation and cheer on these kids that we coached. And, you know, then it, it rears its head. But if I spent this whole day dreading that experience, I've now just squashed today. You know what I mean? And I just refuse to let that happen or to drag everyone around me down because that's where my, my heart is. Um, I'd rather just see some beautiful moments right here and now, you know, as my kids are getting ready for school in the morning and things make me laugh and whatever, experience that. And then when it comes time to like, my husband wouldn't have been here in the morning, you know, he would have been off to work and so it's not, I'm not missing or lacking anything in this very moment right now. Um, of course, like I'm fully aware that I can't send him the loving text or make a phone call to him. But, um, you know, what I'm saying is my, ex my life experience in this very moment is no different than it would be if he was here too. Um, so I wait until it comes time where he should be barging through that door, you know, at 536 o'clock at night. And, you know, cheering that it's Friday. Like he used to get so excited with my kids and get them all fired up. It's the weekend. You guys excited? Like he was just like that. So like all that energy and stuff. When that, when the lack of that is there, yes, I acknowledge it. And I do get sad, but I don't stay in the sad. Um, I let my outlook stick with, um, you know, the next thing or the right now thing that is good. Um, and that helps me. So um, I'm going to take a quick break here, and when we get back, I want to get into a little bit more about my husband's outlook when he had his cancer diagnosis, how I think that impacted our final outcome, and how I think that maybe you could apply some of these things to how you look at your own life and how you look at your own health and how we get to that ever um, <laughs> impossible thing up on the mountaintop, mountain peak, wellness. How do we ever get full wellness? All right, we'll get into that when we get back. Don't go anywhere. So my Facebook group, Connection Beyond Struggle for a Grieving Soulmate, is growing so fast. Um, the members inside are beyond supportive. It is a great place for resources. It's a great place for tips and ideas and just for feeling supported by others who've been through a very similar experience to your own. So for those that feel that soul-crushing um, feeling of loss, that group might just be for you. So if you want to grab an invite to join, hop over to the description for this podcast episode and you can grab the link there. So maybe I'll see you on the inside. Now back to the show. When my husband, Barry, um, had cancer, his eternal answer, you know, always, same thing, same thing to everybody, you know, that it was going to be fine, it was in God's hands, and, you know, he had that same repeated sort of sentence and sentiment every time that, you know, he just had trust and faith 
And it's funny to me how many people have thought or have remarked or, you know, in some way on almost like, oh, doesn't it stink that he was wrong? And I find that very interesting because he never said, I'm going to be fine and come out of this my old healthy self again. He didn't say that was his outlook or expectation. He basically just said every time that it was in God's hands, that he trusted and had faith in whatever that was. And that was it. But yet everybody expected like, oh man, yeah, and he was so positive right till the end. In a sense, the way they say it is like with this inflection of like, man, it stinks he was wrong. And I'm just not convinced of that. I'm not convinced he was wrong. He always trusted and had faith that whatever was meant to be was meant to be. There was a higher power looking over him and he believed wholeheartedly in what was to come to pass was meant to be and that it was going to be okay. And he wasn't trying to communicate to people that somehow, you know, a magic wand was going to come down and take everything away. Um, He was hopeful, yes, that that end plan matched his end hope. (laughs) You know, he wanted God's plan for him to be what he was hoping he wanted it to be. Um, And that's what we prayed for was that somehow those two things could align and be the same. And in that sense, yes, we do feel as if, you know, we lost that battle in the sense that we wanted the end game to be the ending we wanted. I mean, haven't we all watched a movie where you're watching so closely and the whole time hoping for that win in the end, you know, that the outcome and the ending where there is a little bit of like, you know, the happily ever after, um, or the twist where the bad guy gets it, you know, and it doesn't always come to pass, but sometimes those are the best, most beautiful movies, aren't they? It doesn't always have to be that. I mean, of course we always are like, ah, I wish this had happened. And of course, like, I mean, this is the ultimate example of that. And I'll never ever say that like, oh yeah, we were just fine with the, like, if this is what was meant to be, you know, no, it's not that cheerful feeling around it. It's frustrating. I just, I feel differently in life because of my faith that someday he's still going to be standing there waiting for me. He's just waiting forever. And he was very good and patient with waiting for me. (laughs) But I just think it's like, a long trip away. And just like I would support my friends when their husbands would go on long business trips or whatever, and you know, you try to spend a little extra time with them to make the time go by faster or give them a few extra phone calls or whatever, because you know it's tough. Uh, I still like, I still hope people look at me in that way, not like I was somehow robbed and denied and now I'm in this like sad, pitiful being. I am not. I'm waiting for my partner and I'm hopeful that the time goes by fast and I'm doing everything in my power to make this time enjoyable so time flies while I'm having fun. But I think that in this, the beauty of it is his pain was taken away, his legs were returned, his vision came back. Every single function he had lost in the end has been returned to him. He's not suffering. He's now able to see myself and my kids and everybody he loves all at once watch over us and keep us safe. And, you know, he's got God's ear now. I mean, and sure, we all do through prayer. And But, like, I feel like 
you know, there's some extra pull up above for me in this, you know, time. And there has to be a reason, right? There has to be a reason that one of us was still needed here and one of us was needed there. And we've always been okay with the divide and conquer when it's needed because we just know someone else knows better and we we want what's best for our kids and our friends. And, you know, that's just the type of people we are. So, like, we've always been okay with that. Like, if it had to be that way, we didn't love it. But, like, we'll do what we got to do and we'll, like, I'll see you at the finish line kind of thing. And that's, this is no different. Uh, and my outlook on that is what carries me in a positive way. Um, and his outlook in the end, as much as some people might look back at it as this sad thing that he was so hopeful and positive and then he didn't get that ending he wanted, he still did in the sense that he got, he just doesn't like it any more than I do. It gave me the comfort in knowing I'm not the only one here who's frustrated. He wasn't ready to go either. Like he was not ready for his time to be over. He just had faith, which gives me a good feeling because like he was accepting over that faith in the end. So I don't have a, a doubt in my mind that he was, you know, brought into heaven that, you know what I mean? Like he was in a good place. He was all faithful right to the end. So that's beautiful for me. Not everybody has that either. I mean, there's all kinds of circumstances that plague people's minds like suicide, like, um, you know, people that were just not right with their, their faith at the end or unsure or doubting or, you know, and I have no doubt that leaves you feeling nervous and anxious about that. Um, I just feel like if you can keep your outlook in, in the side of the half full glass and knowing that you're still here and can, I mean, even now you have that power of prayer over your family and loved ones who've passed. You can pray for forgiveness for them. You can offer, you know, to do that. And like, there's still things within your control in my book, but this is my faith and my beliefs. Um, but I just firmly believe in not, it nothing benefits or comes from this situation that is good in allowing yourself to just get dragged down into that dark place, you know, that woe is me place or the, you know, tomorrow looking bleak place, you know, and if you maintain some sense of like, things are still so good right now, um, and just being grateful for every little thing that you have, you're less likely to find yourself with the obviousness of it all laid at your feet um, of how fleeting it could be, you know? <laughs> like, like, I don't give the opportunity for God to now show me how bad things could get. <laughs> I have played that game of like, you know, <laughs> I mean, we were kind of on the opposite spectrum of laying there saying like, oh my gosh, we've checked every box and could die happy, <laughs> you know, and that was sort of our dangling of the, you know, <laughs> it, in other words, we didn't tempt the fact that, you know, this was as bad as it could get. Um, but we did say the, you know, it's as good as it could get kind of thing. And like, that's either way, like, stop, stop all that, <laughs> you know, because you can always be shown and it's almost like you're asking for God life, you know, to show you, you know, Hey universe, drop on my face, <laughs> just how bad stuff can actually be. Right. Or like, I don't know. And I just never want to tempt fate in that way ever again. So I don't say things about, you know, feeling completion of life and everything so good. That's almost bragging, like, of, like, how, 
you feel like you have achieved some perfect space and that's like asking God to show you how things can be real real dark and terrible and you could still rise up and I don't need him to show me that example anymore I got it (laughs) and similarly of saying like you know I am truly at rock bottom so I could only go up from here every time I've ever said that because I used to talk about life as this big reciprocal wheel and every time I believe myself to be at the very bottom once again he will show me like we're not all knowing And whenever we act as if we are, he often will show you the contrary. So I would say to watch carefully what you do, say, feel, speak on in that way. Because when you think, okay, well, hey, at least I can know I'm at the very bottom. I'm only going to get better from here. Likely the message you're about to receive coming at you is a big, loud, astounding, like, heck no, it could be so much worse. Stop thinking your situation is that dire. There are people living a very, very much darker life right now than you. Be grateful for what you have, you know? That outlook will carry you. And I know when people are in really dark places of grief and whatever, they might have already turned off this podcast episode because some people can't even receive or hear that because when they're in such a dark mental place, they think you're just blowing smoke up their rear. They are like, enough. I don't want you to tell me about the silver lining. I don't want you to tell me about how I can move forward. I don't want you to tell me there's going to be joy in my life. I don't want to know about, you know, these bright times that I can have again or whatever. They're like, stop it. It's not true. And they believe that. And that is their truth. And that is what it is right now. You know, the only possibility of it being different is when you impose on your current situation that hopeful outlook, that positive, you know, and if you can't get out of the tar and you're just like stuck in that dark, dark place and you're unwilling to even believe when someone else is saying, hey, I've actually lived this experience and I know it to be a fact. If you can't even hear and receive that, then you're not in a place where it's going to land anyway. Do you know what I mean? Like... If you're still listening to this podcast episode, you might not need this message as much as somebody else does, you know, because they've likely already turned me off, tuned it out, and decided I can't even listen to this anymore. Life is not rosy. And I'm not saying it is. I'm in the darkest time of my entire life, and I don't have a doubt in my mind that, like, junk happens. It happens big time. And yeah, some people's are so much darker and harder than others. And I don't know who's the one pulling the strings on all that to determine like why one person's path has to be such and another person's another way. But I just think a lot of the time it's because some of us have something to still have to learn from something. And so until you've like come out of that experience with a lesson taken away from it, I don't think your situation will change. I think the reason that we stay stuck in those is because, well, one, like if our mindset and outlook is not in a place of being willing, then, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard of the stages of change and like there's like, I mean, it's been a hot minute, but you know, like you have to even pre-contemplation and contemplation of the change. And then like, even once you're ready for the change, it's like until you're actually at the point of not just raising your hand, but taking some action steps to change, it's just not going to happen. So when people are really digging heels in, because people ask me all the time, how do you help someone else through these dark times? You almost can't. I mean, you can remind them like what I'm trying to do with this podcast episode of like the importance of it. 
but it's almost like falling on deaf ears until they've made that internal decision that like, nope, I need to be well, I need to be better, this needs to change. And then, then, only then, once they've not just decided on it, but started to take those steps, then we're in a different place. Um, And so that's why I believe some people are just stuck in the muck a little longer because, you know, if your outlook on life is just, I am always the one with my glass half empty and it is just not, you know, it's not going to change. It's not good. Someone else's situation is just better or whatever. And you always feeling gypped somehow or like shorthand, you know, the short stick in the draw. It's just, you know... It's going to be a longer road for you. I hate that. I really do. I hate that for people. So that's why I'm always on this sort of like, come with me, hurrah, is just because if I can help lead people to just even see, like if you just need to, sometimes watching somebody else with their own two eyes um, and see like, oh, I know her situation really well. She really loved her person. Like they were inseparable. They were sickeningly like mushy and like, Oh yeah, she talks about him like he was like her hero. He was like everything. And then they see me like how is she so positive? Why is she why is she still talking positivity right now when she's going through this? What you know, and when they start to question that, I like the fact that I open up a world of possibility in someone else's outlook that maybe wasn't there before because when you can see somebody else doing it, then it's like, "Oh, well, maybe it's not impossible. They usually start with the the denial stage of like, well, it's because she didn't love her person as much as I love mine. Or, um, you know, she's just, you know, not really even being honest. She's just saying what she thinks she needs to say. Or, you know, I get all that stuff first. But more that people are in my world and like see that this is not just a face I'm putting on. And I do have dark times and I share that as well. And that, like, explain my journey and why I'm where I'm at with all of it, the more I feel like I can help impact some of those people to just get them out of, like, thinking that there's a dark cloud following them around. And that's why I started my um, grief group. I just wanted, you know, I mean, it's called connection beyond struggle for a reason because, yeah, it's so easy to connect with people through the, the struggle. Like, when you ever just scan through, like, Facebook and Um, all these social media platforms, I notice constantly people connecting through struggle. It's like they don't even comment until somebody says something so negative and then all of a sudden, oh my gosh, yes, I totally hear you. Same. Me too. Whatever. And it's real easy to want to be like, oh, I can connect with this person. They know my struggles. Um, And I want that group to be, we're going to connect and we have this thing in common, but we're going to connect beyond the struggle. We're going to connect through that we are trying to figure out solutions to a similar problem. We're going to connect through, you know, raising children in um, in a one-parent home. We're going to connect through, like, these other things and then try to find strategies, solutions to get past that. And I think the more you're surrounded with other people who are figuring it out, you know, sure, it's going to start out as a group that might be on a struggle bus because that's where we're starting from. My goal is to jump in as the driver and steer the struggle bus into like, you know, hey, guess what? We're heading somewhere where I can like show you there's another way. Um, And so as this group grows in time, um, you know, as these people have been in that environment for a really long time, 
my goal, my hope is that then they just start to see that, yeah, there are like other people that have been through this and there's a substantial number of them who still somehow all remain hopeful and positive. And hey, here's the common denominator, you know, then when you can kind of like treat it like research, because you know, I love my research and you can actually see, hey, here's the control group. Here's the group um, that had, we all had the same, you know, problem happen to us. But all these people have this one common strain through all of these um, positive posts I'm seeing that they all have X in their life or they've all tried whatever, you know, maybe they've all had counseling. Maybe they all have a strong faith. Maybe they all have really supportive families and friends. Maybe they have, um, they use journaling. I don't know, but we're going to discover it as a group. And it's so much easier once you can say, hey, I've noticed all the people spewing positivity have X, you know, uh, that's how you figure things out. And I don't know, I just like to throw myself in when I see people who are like, just, they're walking a tightrope, you know, they don't know whether they're going to maintain their balance. They feel a little tipsy and woozy and unsure and don't have good footing right now. Um, but I see where I can intervene with that. And, you know, I think for people that are asking me, how do I support somebody who's going through a dark thing, through tough loss, whatever, that's sort of always my resounding answer. You know, be consistent. Be there and don't get scared off when they push you away. You know, just remain the consistent factor. Um, and sometimes the silent consistent factor, you know, allow them to say whatever to you. Don't take it personally and don't go anywhere. And that's how you stay there for them you know they don't want the silver lining even though I'm always spewing it here on the podcast um <laughs> you know they don't always want you to throw that at them when they're having a tough time or in a dark place they kind of just want you to who be eternally there for them you know admit it stinks and then just listen <laughs> sometimes it's easier than we make it you know it's just the listening ear that's so longed for um, so back to Outlook, guys, I just want you to embrace not thinking that, oh, tomorrow is going to be dreaded just because, you know, history has shown or currently this or, you know, this is, you know, the direction it's in. Because sometimes just making the decision for something different, it could totally inspire your entire future to have a different look to it. You know, if you're already hell bent, it's where something's going. It's, I've done the episodes before on expectations and expectations, they just take you to the final outcome. <laughs> you know, if you think you already know the ending, maybe you do. And it's not because you have some like crystal ball. It's because you've already decided for yourself, you know? So staying open to possibilities, seeing that, you know, there's always something left in the glass, you know, forget whether it's half full, half empty something else is still in there, then you've got something to be grateful for. And starting with the simple thank yous, you know, it really does go far. And not to like skip around trying to spread this to people who are in dark times because it just doesn't always land. You know, you can't, can't take that personally. I think when people are finally ready and they've said, yeah, I want to change. Like for me, what I've noticed, people will say I'm ready. But this is kind of the first step for them, like maybe listening to a podcast, maybe being around it and like um, immersed around people who are having things go right. That's kind of a first step for them, you know, 
you don't have to take a huge first step of signing up for my big program or to like, you know, all in change your perspective. It's like just showing that first initial willingness to change and start to surround yourself with a more positive message. That's a step. That's a big step. If people are willing to even just hear out a message like this, I think they're already on their way to brighter days, more positive experiences. And, you know, if you want to be a good friend to them, just go along with them, you know, <laughs> go along for the ride. Don't, uh, don't try to necessarily sprinkle sugar on it. <laughs> uh, hopefully today this landed well for you guys and you didn't think that I was dosing you with too much positive stuff thrown down your throat. Um, I like to just let you know my thoughts on different topics and outlook is a big one. You know, I think of, again, it's going to be a verb today, my action word, <laughs> using that outlook to just bring in what it is that you desire, which hopefully most of us desire something really positive. So good outlooks, good outcomes, good expectations, good things happen. And that's how I'm going into my weekend. All right, guys, I'm so grateful that you've been joining me on this and I will see you on the next episode. Thanks again.